0: The gut feeling is quite literally related to the vagus nerve. So many people have never truly felt what relaxation feels like. So their brain can't recognize it. That's why it's so difficult to do things like meditate. It's like, I don't even know what I'm going for. The vagus nerve, if you abuse it, then it's going to be out of shape, be less responsive. So you're going to have to do something to stimulate it so that your body actually is in a
1: Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Friends, this is an incredible episode. I had so many questions about the vagus nerve. I didn't understand it. It's complicated. How do you fix it? How do you deal with it? And I learned so much in today's episode. I also wanted to provide an update because when I recorded this, I hadn't yet started using the Zen device. After talking to Amy and learning how to properly use it, oh my goodness, I've been using it It's incredible, and I'm so excited because basically, if you guys get a device, you can turn listening into this podcast into a vagus nerve toning session. We talk about the device more in this episode, but basically, it's like earphones, like you would use with your phone, and you use it to run vagus nerve treatments into your ear. You can sync it to music, to ambient noise, you can just run their waveforms or you can sync it to what you're listening to. So like I said, you could totally turn my podcast into a vagus nerve treatment session. How cool is that? And like I said, I wanted to try it for my digestion. So I've started using it at night before eating. My digestion has actually been getting a lot better. I don't know if it's that, but it really does seem to have a very calming effect on my GI tract. The sessions feel so good. It's weird. It's like this little buzzy feeling in your ear, and at first you think like what is this doing? But it really has a calming, balancing effect on my body. I'm loving it so much. I will say something I learned that comes with a little spray bottle that you fill with saline. I filled it with salt water. You do have to use that. They say it's important to transfer the electrical signal. If you don't spray the earphone with the saline or salt water, you probably won't feel it. So definitely do that. I didn't realize it was like actually super important until I called their customer service because I felt like I wasn't feeling it that much. And they were like, you got to use the salt water. (laughs) And um, that did it, that did it. Also to that point, their customer service is the bomb. I called him at a random time on like a Saturday and he completely helped me with everything. Um, it was so helpful. And they also have the 100% money-back guarantee. I can't recommend this enough. Definitely try it. It could be a game changer. And they have a super special offer just for my audience. You can get 20% off their Zen bundle. Just go to melanieavalon.com zen. That's X-E-N. And use the coupon code MELANIE20. That will get you 20% off. That will all be in the show notes. The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash Vegas Nerve. Those show notes will have a complete transcript, which will likely come in handy. We dive deep into a lot of science in this show, so definitely check that out. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so thrilled about the conversation that I'm about to have. It's about a topic that I've been Dying to do an episode on probably since when I first actually started this show. I made a list of topics I really wanted to tackle and dive deep into. And the topic of the vagus nerve was, you know, at the top of the list. And I was just waiting for the right resource, the right way to go about. Bringing that science and education to both myself and my audience. And then it just showed up in my lap. I am thrilled to be here today with Amy Brannon. She is the founder of a company called Nirvana. They make a product called Zen, which actually is for, well, we're going to talk about it all on the show today about the, the implications of the vagus nerve and how to see, I don't even know the terminology to use yet, how to, I guess modify or tone it in your life. We'll we'll talk all about that. A little bit about Amy. Like I said, she is the co-founder of Nuvana. She holds a BS in nursing and a BS in psychology from the University of Central Florida. She does have over 20 years of experience in hospital-based healthcare and an extensive background in developing relationships and marketing in the biostimulation market. And we were talking right before we started recording and I'm really, really excited for this conversation because she was telling me about the importance of the science and the actual education and learning about the vagus nerve and then how we can make that most applicable in our life. And she was talking about how her her product is just one of the ways to do that. So I'm just really, really thrilled about the conversation that we're about to have. So Amy,
0: thank you so much for being here. Melanie, thank you so much. And thank you for the kind introduction. I'm super excited about the conversation too. So to start things off, would you like to tell
1: listeners a little bit about your own personal history? What made you so interested in this particular science and what ultimately brought you to founding
0: Zen? As you mentioned, I have all my background is really in hospital-based nursing. So when I first became a nurse, I always wanted to be where the most intense environment was, which was in in the hospital I worked in was trauma. So I worked trauma ICU. I worked my, my way through leadership positions, and I eventually wound up in cardiac surgery, managing and running ICUs, and even the cath lab, the electrophysiology lab. So I had years and years of experience seeing the detrimental effects of either poor life choices, poor health decisions. Sometimes it's just genetic that you just get dealt the hand, you know, we're dealt the hand we're dealt and we have to kind of manage those things. So during my experience as an ICU director, I met a cardiac surgeon who had years of experience inventing products, inventing medical devices, just a really, really super smart guy. And he was wanting to develop a consumer product. So as time went on and we, we started looking at things, this particular science for vagus nerve stimulation was brought about, ironically, by his brother, who's also a physician, that you could target the ear. He was using it specifically for pain relief. So the more we looked at that, we said, you know what, there's actually something to this more for general wellness and to help people feel better. Dr. Cartledge is the name of the the cardiac surgeon. So he remembered that there was a paper that he read back in the day when he was training for medical school that talked about these implanted, surgically implanted vagus nerve stimulators. One of the side effects of these implanted stimulators for seizure disorders was that the people actually felt so good that they were maybe less anxious, they had a better quality of life, that they didn't want to have these experimental devices explanted. They didn't want them taken out because they were feeling so good. So it comes to, you know, we came to find out that there is a branch of the vagus nerve in the ear that you can access. so. That's really how the story developed and and what we started working on. That is
1: so incredibly fascinating. I love that because I feel like so often with health conditions and things like that, oftentimes it's the opposite story. It's, you know, pharmaceuticals and, you know, medications, which may address that issue temporarily but you know in the long term make things worse you know have side effects so to hear the opposite story that's really really incredible and telling and, and I feel like speaks to the fact that it's addressing you know something holistic in the body not just that acute issue so to start things off can we get a general sense of the vagus nerve cuz I feel like it's one of those words sort of like when like when gluten first became popular, where everybody knew, oh, gluten, but like nobody really knew what it was. I feel like vagus nerve is still sort of in that sphere where I feel like with the vagus nerve, it's kind of a similar situation in that you can say the word and people have heard of it, I find. They know that maybe it can be off or that there's something you need to be doing with it. But beyond that, it's just like very confusing. And for example, I have a Facebook group and I often pose a question in preparation for these interviews, asking people, what do they want to hear about specifically? And for this one, everybody was just like, please just explain. (laughs) Like, what is it? What do I need to be doing? So, so yeah. So the vagus nerve, what is the nerve? Is it one nerve? Is it multiple nerves? I mean, it seems to be all over the body. What is it?
0: I love the way you teed that up because it's, it's funny. You can, you can be as simple or as complex in describing the vagus nerve as anyone is interested in hearing. So, you know, you can get super, super granular, but I'll go a high level at first because I know we'll get into further questions later that'll allow me to expand a little bit more. But anatomically, just the anatomy of the vagus nerve is that there are two branches that come off the base of the brain or the brainstem. So it's called a cranial nerve. It's cranial nerve 10. You have 12 cranial nerves. And these nerves all communicate differently with parts of the body and with the brain. So it's a direct highway essentially to communicate. So the two branches of the nerves then come down the neck. They each have a little branch that scoots into the ear on each side. And then it coalesces into essentially a cable in the chest. And so this is a, one giant nerve that then reaches down into the chest and the gut and hits every major organ system. And it communicates two ways. So it communicates from the brain to the organs and from the organs to the brain. So it's a two-way highway.
1: So quick question. You said it's one of multiple other cranial nerves. Do the other cranial nerves as well function that way, like back and forth from the brain to various systems? Or is it just the vagus nerve that's like that?
0: The vagus nerve is the one that communicates to the organs. So it's the one that, that really extends past the neck and really goes down into the other areas of the body.
1: Oh, so the other cranial nerves, are they just in the brain?
0: hmm They're right. Just in the brain or around the head.
1: Okay, that's so interesting. We often hear like the word, like the mind body connection. So, is the vagus nerve sort of like a literal manifestation of that in a way?
0: Yeah, that's, and I think that's a great way to put it. The mind body connection, the way I think of that is your mind being present and aware of what's going on in your body. And then your body senses that you, you know, we all talk about the gut feeling. Well, the gut feeling is quite literally related to the vagus nerve and your ability to sense so you know you get that gut feeling because maybe you feel fear or excitement and it manifests itself in your gut in the stomach
1: i am loving this conversation so much okay so you're talking about the the communication going between the brain and the organs and then vice versa is one of those more powerful like can one override the other is one more susceptible to stimuli or is it all like an open playing field with both
0: it really is about how many of the fibers move in one direction or the other so it's easiest to get to the nerve fibers that actually send messages to the brain so that the brain can then use the highway to reach the organs So I'll give you kind of an example. If we'll just go very simple and say breathing exercises, they stimulate the vagus nerve. So if you just focus on your breathing, you slow down your breathing and and you do very focused breathing patterns, essentially you're sending a message to the brain through the vagus nerve that says, okay, it's time to calm everything down, right? So it's time to send a message to the heart, to the lungs, to the digestive system to say, all right, everybody settle down now. So whether you use breathing mechanisms, whether you use electrical stim, then that's really how you can target. But the two-way highway is, I like to say, primarily it talks to the brain and then the brain is sort of responsible to respond back.
1: Okay, so that is tapping into one of my my big questions, stimulating it, activating it. Is it stimulating and activating a parasympathetic calming state? So is it in a way stimulating less activity? Is that where the, the confusion comes in? Like using the word stimulating, but it seems like it's not a stimulating state of being.
0: That's a really good point. So I think you're right that that's where some of the confusion comes in. If we were to use different words and say, you know, I think you mentioned toning earlier. So if we were to say toning, when you think of toning your body or toning your muscles, you're having to work out to do that. Well, the thing is, you also know that in order to have a healthy physiology, you have to put some work in. So this is no different. The vagus nerve, if you ignore it, if you abuse it, and I'll, I'll get into how you can do that, then it's going to be out of shape and it'll be less responsive. So you're going to have to do something to stimulate it or tone it so that your body actually is in a mode where it can recover better. So that you mentioned parasympathetic nervous system. So. For everyone listening, you've got two sides of your nervous system of the autonomic nervous system, or you could say automatic, but the formal name is autonomic. So the sympathetic system is that fight or flight, right? So originally we've all read that this is about, you know, a tiger is chasing me. Something is, there's impending danger that I need to get away from. So your body activates, increases the heart rate. Your pupils dilate so you can get more light in, your muscles tense, and you stop digestion. You hold your food. So that is a state of stress. So we can all agree that that's necessary at some point, but not chronically. And I think what's happened is we've all gotten into a state of more chronic stress, and we don't have that time to recover from that intense fight or flight. The parasympathetic system is designed to recover after these, you know, I'm done running from the tiger. I got into my cave, you know, I'm safe and everything is, is going to be okay. So now my body can, can calm down. But what happens is the Email comes through, the phone call, the text, the, you know, we all have numerous ways that people can get a hold of us. The dog chews something up. You have small children that, you know, there's some catastrophe. It all of those things just continue, 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 and it's harder to recover. So then your vagus nerve no longer is toned enough to help you through that quickly. Does that make sense?
1: It does. So I recently interviewed Dr. Dave Rabin on the podcast. He makes a product called Apollo Neuro. Have you heard of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. So like it's sound wave therapy. A question I had posed to him was with the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, was it a situation of like being on or off? Like, are you either parasympathetic or sympathetic, or is it more like layers of both? So- Like with the vagus nerve, so if it's this communication highway between the brain and the organs, is that communication always going on or is it like not going on and then it is going on?
0: You have to have some level of each. Okay. So because these parts of the nervous system control breathing and your heart rate, those are brainstem functions that are automatic. So the external stressors or lack of stressors that we put on ourselves or that we're exposed to, that is what affects how often they're engaged or to what level and meaning extra engaged. So you have to have, you know, you need your heart rate and you need to breathe, but how high does the heart rate need to be? How high is your blood pressure How fast are you breathing?
1: So you mentioned like digestion, for example. So what would it look like? Because I know there are a lot of different conditions that can be related to, and I guess we should say a not properly functioning vagus nerve. So like with digestion, what would it look like in a person who has a healthy functioning vagus nerve and then they eat a meal and digest it compared to a situation where it's not functioning properly and they're having like digestive issues.
0: Right. So I'll, you know, I'll kind of put maybe a little disclaimer at the beginning of this because there are a couple of expertise points that I'm not going to be the best person to give that answer. But I'll tell you in general, if your vagus nerve is toned, if we're just talking wellness. Okay. So I want to, be careful to say, okay, we're talking general wellness versus a potential medical issue. So your digestion should run everything through your digestive tract within a couple of hours, right? So what happens is if you're in a sympathetic state, super stressed, or maybe you just your vagus nerve isn't functioning properly, so you can't access that parasympathetic side for digestion, then the food stays in your, in your gut for a long time. And then when it lets go, it either comes up or goes down very quickly. So there are people who have, I'd say, irritable bowel syndrome, even though it's a medical diagnosis, it's typically stress-related. And that's one of the points that I'm going to come back to, probably in, in just about everything we talk about. Stress and the management of your stress level or the effects of your stress are going to make a huge difference in your body's overall function and the way you feel health you know your mental health your sleep your focus all of those things all can tie back to stress reduction however you do it so also
1: to that point like as humans did this whole vagus nerve network system have we had it since day 1 or did we have it as like primates or did it develop later and then at what point did it start becoming dysfunctional was that when we started having like conscious perceptions of chronic stress that it started getting affected
0: i really i don't know as far as i suppose it depends on your opinion and thoughts about how the human body has evolved over time. So, I think that might be a little bit of a philosophical question, but the way that we each evolve within ourselves, there are different parts of the vagus nerve that psychologists refer to frequently. And some parts are, you know, like if you want to kind of branch into the dorsal and ventral vagus nerve. So, the Dorsal vagus nerve is that shutdown mode, the freeze or faint. This is when the vagus nerve is really not in good health. So I don't really think that this is the part that that was designed. I don't think that's the way it was designed, if that you know that's the right way to put it. I think the ventral side is the one that serves social engagement and allows us to make quicker adjustments between being really, really excited about something and calming down, whether that's fear or anxiety or just complete excitement. So the dorsal side, I feel like is the part that has not evolved properly. And it's usually if, like if we were involved in some sort of traumatic event, or maybe didn't get loving kindness showed to us in early childhood, then those are the parts of the nervous system that can actually be indirectly damaged. They can be corrected, but those are through psychological counseling combined with some psychologists use vagus nerve stimulation in various modes or in in various forms to help do that.
1: Okay. I'm so glad you brought up that because I was going to ask you about the dorsal versus the ventral. Okay. I have a clarifying question because I'm still trying to get a grasp on this that I'm a little bit unclear about. So you mentioned the dorsal side being the part below and the digestion and more the physical. So if it's like the dorsal nerve or the pathway of that, trying to figure out how to articulate this. So is the dorsal nerve always... Functioning? Because you were saying how that it is more likely to get damaged. So, like, is it, I already asked this, but is it on or off? Like, what is it doing when it's doing its work correctly, the dorsal?
0: You know, Melanie, I actually, I'm not familiar enough with that part to even, you know, to even like comment. <laughs> no, sorry. I don't want to steer people in the wrong direction. Because dorsal and ventral is so often covered by psychologists. It's even in the medical community. I'll tell you, and I went through, you know, I've done so much in medical healthcare and had probably only heard of dorsal versus ventral vagus nerve a handful of times over that. You know, over my experience, which is really, really interesting. And that's why I said earlier that I think the science is just absolutely exploding, and that people are actually able to connect now and try to say, well, this is what I know, and this is what you know. So the mental side of treating the vagus nerve versus the physical side, I think those two worlds are coming together.
1: I love hearing you say that so much. And sorry if I feel like I'm putting you on the spot because when I had researched it for this, I was looking into like the concept of polyvagal theory and because somebody had asked about that when I posed the questions to my Facebook group and it was very much what you just said, like it seemed to be this, you know, the word theory is there, like this emerging science that really tapped into both the, you know, the physical I say it again, like the mind body connection and like all of these different parts. And it was saying that like, originally we thought the nervous system was, you know, just two parts, but maybe there was this like third part that related to our social aspect and all related to the to the vagus nerve and everything that you just said, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is like so crazy. But I feel like in a way it really shows that for the longest time, we've been so focused on the granular and like with medicine and science, just looking at cause and effect and like very specific things and not taking in this broader approach or this broader view and realizing how just how complicated it is. So it sounds like we're just at the beginning of a massive frontier of potential exploration and discovery in this whole world it's very exciting
0: yeah i think so too and i think you know dr stephen porges and his work on the polyvagal theory he's been he's been working on this for years and it's finally coming to the forefront so you know he has and, and they are called theories just because that's that's how he's developed this theory that there is a social nervous system and it only makes sense that the vagus nerve is really at at the center of that i think it'll take the general medical community a while to catch on and say oh my gosh is it you know is it even possible that we've had anatomy or physiology not quite accurate for all these years but i think that the more that I read and the more I communicate with psychologists and psychotherapists who happen to use our product, they're engaged in polyvagal theory and they have to—they actually have to work very, very hard with some patients who have mental health struggles after some sort of trauma. And it just takes a while to even be able to talk through some of that. So you almost have to change your your physiology a little bit before you can even break through some of those old painful wounds and stories just to try to start working on them.
1: This is so fascinating and this is one more esoteric question, but just with everything that you're seeing right now. So do you feel like with these traumas and these experiences that you know people experience and feel like are lingering in their system, do you get the sense that there's some sort of like physical, like you mentioned the word damage to the to the vagus nerve. Do you get the sense that there is some sort of physical damage change in the nervous system, like beyond just thoughts in the mind? And I know, I know I'm being very, this is a lot of philosophical questions, but I, I'm just wondering if you get a sense that there is a like a physical damage that is done.
0: I think that's The word damage, you know, we'll go back to semantics a little bit. So damage can mean so many different things and damage can mean permanent and damage can mean, you know, we can repair it. It won't take long or it may take a long time. One of the things I've read is that there's a theory that, you know, part of the vagus nerve becomes demyelinated which they're saying the dorsal side becomes demyelinated or unmyelinated, which means it doesn't have a fatty sheath on it. It makes things a lot slower. It creates a situation where your nervous system responds slower to insults and it's more difficult to recover. So the theory is that with your counseling and your social connections and with vagus nerve stimulation you can actually remyelinate this side of the nervous system. So in that physical sense, I think that, you know, I don't have that experience. I certainly don't have I'm not in that arm of research, but I think if that is true, then there could be physical damage that is repairable. Otherwise, I think our brain does most of the work. So what I see is it's neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to learn and adapt. And it takes work. It typically takes real work, right? So if you're working on learning something new, you really have to commit to it. You have to focus. You have to have repetition. And our mental health is no different if you're used to being irritable and maybe overreacting and lashing out at people you have to retrain not only the behaviors but your initial reaction so these things i i think of the vagus nerve and stimulating the vagus nerve as part of a routine maybe part of a system that you need to use in order to makes certain areas of your life better. Hi friends. Do you want to come hang out
1: with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi, friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. We'll also put that in the show notes, all right. Now back to the show. Okay, I just want to say how grateful I am for this conversation and how much I'm loving this conversation. So yeah, you know because this really resonates with me because because what it sounds like is I'm always learning about the neuroplasticity of the brain, and you know the incredibly powerful effects that mindset, perspective, tools like meditation, breath work, things like that can have on our well-being and the ability to, you know, rewire these these patterns and these pathways that have been wired in our brain from experience, those are all incredible tools and they seem very, very effective when practiced. But in a way, it's kind of like the approach of, I mean, you have to, you know, keep doing it and, and you have to rewire the brain through the brain when maybe there's this additional avenue that we could bring in with these Literal tools that are providing a physical stimulus to also encourage that. Like, as I already mentioned, the Apollo Neuro, which I loved the idea of because it was using sound wave therapy to, uh, you know, in a way, automatically start <laughs> or encourage like a parasympathetic state. I want to say like with the touch of a button, but I feel like it's so valuable to have these tools where, and this is a question to have because we'll, we'll dive deep into your product, that the Zen, it seems like it's a tool that a person can bring into their life. And in a way, <laughs> I'm using that button word again, having the ability to force these messages or force these changes into the body. And maybe, I don't want to say it's like more effective than meditation or something like that, but it, it's just very freeing to, to have this idea that, oh, I can bring in something that will... I don't want to say do the work for me because that sounds lazy, but it seems like it could be really, really effective for people, especially if they've found that they can't seem to commit to or to find benefit from like an ongoing meditation practice or something like that. So yeah, so that's a question like, does this have similar effects to something like a meditation practice to other, you know, mental techniques or mindset changing perspectives think people might have? How does it compare to that having an actual tool and for listeners we haven't really talked about what the device is that you create the Zen by Nuvana since the device does use headphones and connects to the ear I'm guessing does it is it working with the, the ventral side of the, the Vegas system? Sorry that's a lot I just threw a lot at you.
0: <laughs> that's all right. So I'll start the the product itself is you know we've touched on its electrical stim it's low essentially low voltage electrical stims. So it's something that very on your skin, on the skin inside your ear, you can feel a light tingling. Okay, so this is, it's a pair of earbud headphones that you just put right in your ears. They look just like anything you would essentially buy over the counter and they're connected to a small handheld generator, which is the Zen unit. This has a little circuit board and it generates the electrical signal. And all of that connects to your phone by Bluetooth. So the app that would be on your phone controls all the settings. So intensity, and you can make things as you can make the signal as strong as you want, meaning if you really want to crank it up to where you feel more of a pinprick, then you can do that. But we suggest just keeping it very light to where it's more of a pleasant little tickle in your ear. So that targets the auricular branch of the vagus nerve and auricular just means ear. And that is a branch of the vagus nerve that actually goes to the brain. So instead of breathing or meditation or anything that really you almost have to prepare for or you may need a quiet space for, you can do this, you know, so, let's say I use it for my bedtime routine. So I try really try to have a good sleep prep cycle. You know and I'm not great at going to bed at night. I like to stay up late. I have a lot that I'm doing. I always want to get one more thing in. So I tend to multitask some of some of these things. So I'll do this while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm washing my face, even as long as I don't get you know tons of soap and water in my ear. That's something that you can do simultaneous. Now, as far as you mentioned meditation or patterned breathing, you can do them together, or it actually makes meditation easier. And I say use it before meditation because true meditation, any sort of stimulus is a distraction. So purists will tell you that you know you shouldn't be doing anything while you're meditating, but it has very similar and reproducible results. Once your brain recognizes what relaxation is, and I can't say that strongly enough, I think so many people have never truly felt what relaxation feels like. So their brain can't recognize it. And that's why it's so difficult to do things like meditate. It's like, I don't even know what I'm going for. So this is... It can be a premeditation where you stimulate the vagus nerve, you're not having to focus too much. And sometimes you actually find yourself pushing away from whatever you're doing. Like if I do it while I'm emailing or working on a report, then I just push back in my chair and close my eyes for a minute just because it feels nice to relax.
1: Sounds sort of more similar than, I mean, no, it's not the same thing at all, but Kind of like relaxation and the feelings that you get after attempting meditation versus like a massage, (laughs) where you don't have to try to feel anything with a massage. It, It kind of just happens.
0: Yes. The flip side of this is I was speaking with someone yesterday who had used the product for the first time, and he said, You know, I really felt so focused. And I think if you talk to people who meditate also, they'll tell you that sometimes they feel so focused after meditation and some people fall asleep, right? So I think the thing there is how well did you sleep last night? How much are you actually sleeping? So once you relax, you're typically able to focus more unless you're just not getting good sleep and then you need to sleep.
1: That's so true. I've had that epiphany as well especially after, if I do have an effective meditation session, it's really, honestly, if if I am like seeing a therapist and we do some sort of exercise, a meditation, something like that, where it's really, really effective for me. And then afterwards I just feel exhausted. And my interpretation of that is that it is that I was just running on empty, basically. And once that got rid of the, the overstimulated stress state, it put me to where my body actually is, which was we need to sleep. <laughs> so maybe if I you know, wasn't at that state before and then did meditation, I feel like maybe instead I would feel focused and energetic. It's kind of like it reveals my the true energetic state that I'm currently at.
0: It's just my perception of it. Right? I I think that's so true. And we talk about it internally all the time. My customer experience team is phenomenal. They're just kind, very patient people and they they talk with our customers all the time or people who are just inquiring and have questions. And that is that is a common question is how can this vagus nerve stimulation or how can your product help with focus? and sleep, and you know, relaxation, and help decrease anxiety. Well, if you think about it, if you're super anxious because you're stressed out, then you're probably not sleeping well, which creates a situation where you can't focus. And we perceive memory issues. You know, I, in my household, we talk all the time, oh, you know, I'm losing my memory. I don't really think that's it. I think that for a lot of people, you know, average everyday folks, I think it's that we've lost focus and we're not present in our daily tasks because we're just running and running and running. And it's not that we have a memory issue. It's that we have a pay attention issue. If you're able to line all these things up and you can Decrease your stress enough to recover, get some sleep, get some really good sleep. So fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up refreshed. Take some little resilience breaks during the day. They don't have to be very long, 10 minutes. And focus on taking care of this mind-body connection. You know, we'll kind of wrap back to the first thing you mentioned and it really makes a difference.
1: So question, because you're talking about how the brain needs to be able to recognize that rested state or, you know, whatever state you're moving towards, the brain has to first recognize it before it can, I guess, embrace it in a way. So does that mean when a person does start working on their vagus nerve, like with Zen, for example,
0: so would it become more effective the more you use it? It depends. And here's why. So when you first start using Zen, vagus nerve stimulation, the electrical stim, some people, we know that within minutes, they feel it, they recognize it. They say, ah, this feels good. Feels like a good meditation session. It feels like, you know, it just feels very relaxing. Now it's, It can be fairly, fairly subtle, especially if you're already in pretty good balance. Now, there's another group of people who maybe they've experienced relaxation in the past, but it's been a while. And now they do a vagus nerve stimulation session. And okay, I feel that. I definitely feel it. And it's not as subtle. It's actually profound. I've, you know, I've tested it on people who have literally fallen asleep in a chair. And these are high type A personalities, super controlling folks that are go, go, go. So really, and what we see in the literature is the more, quote, out of balance you are, meaning the, the more high your sympathetic tone is, the more likely you will experience, you know, a more profound difference. Now, moving into sort of that polyvagal theory and talking with different people in the mental health community, there are a lot of folks, it actually takes weeks to be able to train the brain to recognize that, okay, it's okay to relax. It's okay to let go. And yes, this is what relaxation feels like. We've had some of our, some of our customers have called and said this is just not working for me which you know we have a money back guarantee that's no problem at all because honestly vagus nerve stimulation different types work for different people we want people to be able to give it a shot give it their best try but we've had people say you know this isn't working for me after a week or something we'll say just give it a try give it another couple weeks and then they will stop using it And start using it again and say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was slowly getting better. I was slowly getting to the point where I felt better. And it wasn't until they looked back. And that's what I mean when I say we're not present and we don't pay attention to ourselves. It's your mind paying attention to how you react, how your body is responding, and your body being sensitive to what's going on around you.
1: This is so incredible. I think that's well, really there's no reason not to try it with what you just said. So it sounds like there's a spectrum. Like there could be some people whose vagus nerve is so untoned or, or so, I know we we talked about the you know, the use of semantics and the word damaged, but you know, so out of balance and not functioning correctly that they might not realize right away. If Zen is being effective, because it does, like you say, take, you know, those slow steps of slowly retraining, then it sounds like on the flip side, you might have a person who, man, wish I was this person with like, you know, properly functioning vagus nerve that's just like on top of everything and, you know, doing everything the way it should. Like if they use Zen, for example, would they
0: register it? Would they still feel it? We'll talk about somebody who's really a meditation expert, you know, someone who does tm they've they've trained with the best they practice daily they may not feel an appreciable difference but this may be something that could let's say if you're traveling or you maybe a job change i've i've heard this a lot with people who say i used to meditate but then i got promoted and i have to work too many hours or I'm on a project right now and I can't meditate like I used to and I miss it. So this may be sort of a replacement or a gap filler for folks who meditate a lot because really they should be, you know, their their nervous systems should be very very well toned. It's just you may not always have the time to do it. And this you can pop in your pocket, you know, connect while you're working or if you're traveling or You know, anything like that is just very portable. That's very exciting.
1: This is like speaking to my crazy multitasker heart. Actually, I would love your opinion on this. This is like a random rabbit hole tangent, but so huge fan of meditation, obviously. I try to do it, but I get the issue that you just spoke of is feeling like you don't have the time. And I know I should have the time. Like I interviewed Emily Fletcher and I, she has a fantastic meditation practice and I love it. I've done a program and I advocate it, but I still feel like the whole like, oh, who has time thing? So this concept of you know using something like Zen while multitasking is a very, very exciting idea. The rabbit hole question I have is, I had never heard this until last like few weeks ago, but I was listening to, are you familiar with John Gray who wrote like men are from Mars, women are from Venus.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He said, cause he's a big, like, you know, meditation person and all into all that stuff. He said on Dave Asprey's show that women are not meant to meditate. He said, because women's brains are meant to multitask. So doing meditation is like, like our brains are just naturally meant to multitask. Counterintuitive. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like, I know that's a crazy idea. Can
0: I get a t-shirt with that? Because (laughs) I know, right? Because it's so funny. I'm glad you brought that up because so many of the things that we're talking about, you know, we all just want to be, I, I feel like in talking to your audience, we all just want to be a better human you know, whatever version of that, that it is for each of us. And we spend so much time comparing ourselves and trying to figure out how am I supposed to fit in what works for them or for them? And sometimes it may just be in passing. Sometimes it's when you can. And otherwise we can't beat ourselves up. We need, we need a toolbox with a bunch of stuff in it. And maybe no one thing is the answer. Maybe it's a couple of things, or maybe it's, you know, your toolbox looks different than mine. And I think that's so important that meditation, I'm so impressed with people who do meditate and take the time, make the time to do it. I have not fallen into that category yet. And I I swear I'm going to make a t-shirt with John Gray's (laughs) claim on it. That way I can feel better about it.
1: It's so funny. I mean, he said that and it, it just kind of blew my mind because I, I hadn't ever really heard anybody big in that sphere say that before. And I was like, oh, and whether or not that's, I mean, what what even is true? But whether or not that's true, I really like, like what you just said, this idea that, because I think we can be like, you know, so hard on ourselves trying to be the perfect version and trying to do the perfect form of all of these things things that can lead us towards more health and wellness and wholeness. And like you said, though we're all, we're all so different and, it and we respond differently to different things. It's really exciting to know that there are different tools and maybe there are okay ways to, to go about this that aren't necessarily, you know, like a, a meditation practice we talked about in the beginning that there are a lot of like lifestyle type practices that also activate or stimulate the vagus
0: nerve or tone the vagus nerve what are some of those so some of the things that can be done to to stimulate the vagus nerve without any additional tools or anything like that so you can take a cold shower you can jump into an ice bath Gargling but it has to be really, really deep gargling, chanting, and the ohm, anything like humming. So it's the vibration of the vocal cords against the vagus nerve in the neck that helps stimulate the vagus nerve. And that's why the ohm is a popular part of either yoga or you know the meditation.
1: Okay, so listeners, if if you've personally felt from some of those practices that you, you know, felt something happening from that. It's possible it was vagus nerve. So it's possible that having this Zen product in your life might, might have similar benefits. So some questions about Zen. So you guys sent it to me. So grateful. Thank you so much. My original plan was I was going to be using it and talk about my experience on the show. So I set it up. I did all the things and I got... <laughs> 'Cause I'm like the type of person that like wants to do everything like correct. So I was like, I'm just gonna wait till I interview her and get a better idea of the different programs and how I should be using it. So then I can just go full speed ahead because it has there's a lot going on there in the app. <laughs> so would you like to talk a little bit about that? You can choose different like modes, like there's sync and sensation and ambient and there's different waveforms there's different intensities so when a person gets in how should they approach it what are the different modes they
0: can use what should they do you kind of look at zen and the app the nuvana app as a sort of a smorgasbord right so it's it's like a potpourri of things that you can pick and choose from so it's never easy to start something like that and try to figure out what to do first. So in the app, we do have a little little pop-up that says, okay, try this first. So that's kind of how I'll talk you through it. The modes, what we have is sensation mode. What that means is sensation is just the sensation of the electrical stem in your ear. And we pre-program a pattern of stimulation that eases its way up and down in a different pattern. Okay, so you can listen to music in the background in sensation mode. If you want to listen to music while you're doing a session, you can do that or you don't have to either way. But the two won't be in sync. So that brings me to sync mode, S-Y-N-C and sync mode actually takes the electrical stimulation signal and it combines it with whatever music you're listening to. Typically, you can't really listen to forest breezes or cuz it won't pick up the stimulation, but if you're listening to I don't know classic rock or jazz or symphonic music, whatever is your preference, then this stimulation will actually I call it bouncing. It it attaches itself to the beat of the music. So that's sync mode. The actual music is this music through your device. It's yours, whatever you like listening to. So someone could even, you know, when your podcast airs, when I'm listening to your podcast, I could combine vagus nerve stimulation to your podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wait, I could start talking. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. So like, oh wow. You just made me so excited while learning for the topic it could also be a vagus nerve stimulation session i am so excited at this moment okay sorry i'm like
0: happy to help yeah <laughs> okay ambient not that many people use ambient mode but it's something we we have available so it picks up sounds from the phone's microphone so if you're in let's say you're in a concert or some what we see more is people who are in busy environments that really make them stressed, like an airport or a train station, which a lot of us are not going to those places these days, but it actually triggers high anxiety for a lot of people. So they prefer, let me convert those sounds into vagus nerve stimulation. So they'll do something like that. But in order to start out, you basically start with, we have different waveforms, which waveforms are the microsecond pulses that's all they are is the one little up and down on the little readout on an oscilloscope so it's the electrical waveform so these things they just feel different on your skin and some people prefer something that feels a little stronger or it may feel sharp to some people so they would rather have waveform a is sort of the minimal not as strong and waveform D is a is stronger so if you kind of look at that as a scale, so we have a premium version of the app which is important to mention that it's not required so with the app you get a couple of waveforms and a couple of sensations you you are set with that forever but if you want to try numerous other types of waveforms then that you know that's an option with the premium app and we do give it free for a couple of months when you, when you purchase. So the, the reason that we have all of this, that we converted it onto an app-based product is that the science is expanding so quickly and researchers, you know, universities are doing so many studies on vagus nerve stimulation that what we can do is once we know that there's a waveform that's maybe there's one that's better than what we've already found. So we can upload that into the app and send it out to users right away.
1: I mean, that's honestly what I'm seeing with all of the quote biohacking type products is that the app, part of it is so, so important because basically, I mean, I guess rarely do you require huge changes in the actual hardware or device, but having the app provides the ability to stay, you know, up with the science, up with the latest updates, you know, user feedback, it's really, really seems to be the way to go. Some follow-up questions to all of that. Some follow-up questions about the music. Is there any benefit or difference? You can have it playing, but not synced to the music, or it can be synced to the music from a, just an actual stimulation of the vagus nerve perspective. Is there any difference or is it more just like, oh, it feels nice when it's in sync with the music?
0: I think, you know, we don't have results that say it's better with music or better without music. I think it's, it's purely preference. I will say that there are, you probably get more current delivered with music because there are more beats per minute than with maybe some of the sensation modes that we have. The patterns have just a, a slower up and down so you get fewer peaks with that than you would with maybe a fast-paced song so the actual
1: song this seems like a complicated concept because on the one hand toning of the vagus nerve seems like it I know we're talking about it's not really binary of like calming or stimulating but pairing zen to like a really upbeat you know stimulating energetic song compared to pairing it to a slow relaxing song does that have an effect on how it interacts with our vagus nerve
0: you know i think it all depends on who's using it so for me it's i don't prefer slow relaxing music i actually it i i just it makes me anxious (laughs) so I just I want to get up and go do something. I'm going, oh, okay, fast forward. I you know, I don't want to deal with this. So for me, I prefer rock music, something that's a little more upbeat and my husband uses it before bed and he always uses rock music and he still goes right to sleep. So I think it all is is super individual. You know, in our office we have various people like just various types of music and we don't see any difference across the board and with our customers they everyone likes something just a little different could you use it while watching tv for example Mm -hmm. yes if you want to use it as part of your routine i think that going back to what we said earlier whatever you're doing you have to figure out when you're going to fit it in so if you take time to watch tv then why not you know put this in your ear while you're watching TV, and then your 30-minute show or whatever, you, you do this for 15 minutes of that or 20 minutes of that, and then you're done. Speaking to that 10 or 15 minutes, how long
1: should slash can a person use it? Like, could you run it all day?
0: Good question. In the app, you can choose between five and 25 minutes. You can go up by five minute increments and choose any of those. So we suggest 15 minutes twice a day, something during you know the early part of your day and especially if you struggle with sleep within an hour of bedtime. Now, using it all day, there's just no benefit. There's no additional benefit. More is not necessarily better in this case. So one of the things we see is that usually once people feel like they've gotten themselves balanced out, then they may not use it every day anymore. It may become um, what I'll call a PRN or an as needed. So it's like, wow, I really feel like I've got myself together. Now I feel like when I do a quick breathing exercise while I'm driving, because we don't recommend using this while you're driving if I'm trying to ward off road rage and I'm doing a breathing exercise, I actually can connect quicker to that parasympathetic side because now my brain knows what it feels like and I'm calm. But if I get home and I'm still, I'm really ramped up, then I might pull it back out and say, okay, I need to, I need to recenter a little bit. I think that you know, the neuroplasticity piece can't be underplayed because your brain learns, adapts and grows and makes new connections. So then this becomes the new part of you, you know, this meaning your ability to calm down, your ability to recover becomes something that your body will automatically do. And then as you, if you start getting out of balance again, then you just hop back into a, you know, a routine. So I don't want to say that you have to do it every day forever and ever, but you need to do something for your vagus nerve every day until you get yourself balanced. I'm going to make the most random comparison, but
1: I feel like my audience (laughs) might understand it. it. sounds like, for example, like, are you familiar with mTOR? which is released when you eat protein to stimulate
0: muscle growth? No.
1: I have a lot of episodes on mTOR stimulation, which is stimulated when we eat protein and it it stimulates a state of like growth and well, growth basically. And like the flip side is when we don't have mTOR stimulated when we're fasting, for example, that we are in a state of more like catabolism and, you know, breakdown. And it's often posited that... You can only get so much mTOR stimulation in one meal before it plateaus. So, like if you eat like five hundred grams of protein, you're not gonna get more m- mTOR stimulation. It like plateaus at a certain point. So it's if you wanna build muscle, the most effective way would be to stimulate mTOR at different times, like you know, maybe twice during the day. Well, I might Listeners do intermittent fasting. So maybe stimulate it twice during the day instead of, you know, one meal. So it sort of sounds like, I know that was like a crazy comparison, but it seems like with Zen, the benefit would come in, you know, using it, like having two sessions that are shorter compared to, you know, just one really epically long session, because then you're getting that retraining stimulus twice and that neuroplasticity. So you mentioned that you don't recommend it while driving. Is
0: that because
1: it's distracting in a way or is there is there a reason
0: mainly because it can induce a state of deeper relaxation so like i mentioned earlier there are some people that especially if you're sleep deprived if you're if you're super stressed out and sleep deprived and then we give you a fast track to relax then you can become drowsy
1: that makes complete sense Can the nerve be
0: overstimulated? Is there the potential for that? Not that we've seen and not that it's not that is in any of the literature, even outside of our, you know, outside of our product, there have been implanted vagus nerve stimulators for decades. And these stimulators are actually, there's a coil wrapped around the vagus nerve in the neck and connected to a little, essentially like a little pacemaker that's implanted in the chest. And those are delivering signals for 30 seconds at a time, every five minutes in perpetuity, as long as they have a battery running in that generator. So, you know, as far as overstimulating, it seems that the vagus nerve has its own governor. So it's that you can stimulate it to a certain point but it's really not going to go overboard and overstimulate
1: that's incredible and actually
0: follow up question sort of related is it addictive in any way i've gotten that question before and my answer is is meditation addictive is yoga addictive and i think that you could argue in in a in a loose sense that if you get addicted to feeling good, yes, but is it a physiologic addiction? No. So it's that you want to feel good. You know that this makes you feel good. So you're going to do something that helps you, you know, feel that mental clarity, feel rested and be the best human that you can be. Right. Friends. You guys know I love wine.
1: Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine, the polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight, it's what they eat, I am obsessed with a company called Dry From Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, Low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine, and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing, and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfromwines.com slash MELANIEAVALON. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits, as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. Farm Direct Beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. Hi friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair, and it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels, and I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD, and historically, The most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first, as like, a barrier i can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done plus with the ivs you have to sit there for potentially hours so basically ivs were a no-go for me so like i said i was doing the shots but i was like i wish there was an easier way to do this then a company called ion layer reached out to me anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep and or optimize your partying. You need these patches friends and I'm so excited because Working with the company has been amazing, and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ionlayer, that's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R, and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now, like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, PS. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's MelanieAvalon.com slash IonLayer to get $100 off your Ion Layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. MelanieAvalon.com slash IonLayer with the coupon code MelanieAvalon for $100 off. It's fantastic. I, I ponder that concept a lot. Like, what is addiction and what are we addicted to? And something I often think is maybe addiction is problematic when we're addicted to something that seemingly makes us feel good, but in the end is ultimately draining us. So it's not replenishing us. It's not sustainable compared to being addicted to something that also makes us feel good, but has the opposite effect and that it restores us. Like I often think if you're addicted to love, like, can you just keep, being in that state forever and you know maybe that's not ever draining (laughs) um so yeah i just really i'm really fascinated by by that whole paradigm and the implications there one more question about the app so the intensity levels because what does the intensity range from in the app the intensity ranges from five to 25 is more intense more effective or is it really just a matter of what intensity best suits the person?
0: So more is not necessarily better. There are some studies out there that have tried to determine exactly that and haven't really seen a correlation between higher intensity and better results. What we are seeing is that some of some of the literature in the last couple of years indicates that higher intensities, which may even be higher than what we deliver may light up different areas of the brain on fMRI. The, the difficulty there is this is something you can actually feel that intensity. If you increase it to a point that it's uncomfortable, you're really negating the point of doing it. <laughs> so it should always be something that's comfortable. You increase the intensity until you feel it. And then you say, okay, I can feel it. It kind of feels like a vibration or a tickle. You can go up. The steps are small. So if you go up by one, you go up by two and you say, oh, I don't really think I like that. Then back it down and keep it in that really low range. Some people really like an intense, what I'll call an intense session, but you can't even compare. Like if you have, if you have colleagues or friends who are all using the device We all use a different intensity. We may be in a similar range, but I have I have customers who have said, you know, I I stay at five. Like five is where I am. And some are at twenty-five and they they can't feel it very much. But that doesn't really matter. We know also that some of the studies show that in order to double blind and you know make a really good randomized controlled trial that they take the sensation or the intensity down below perceptible threshold so the person using the device has no idea that they're getting stimulation are these published could i put in the show notes links to some of these studies Sure. Our first study just got published uh, a few weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're super grateful for that. And it's actually, University of Maryland used our product in their study. So it's not sponsored by us. They just, they used our headphones in their study and it's actually related to language learning, which is super exciting. Something a little different than everything we've just talked about. But I also, we have Clinical trials that are coming up shortly. So, nothing that I can share just yet, but hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to post that on our website. In that study, what was the control or how was it set up? In the University of Maryland study, what they did was they used vagus nerve stimulation or no vagus nerve stimulation related, and they paired in sequencing, they paired the stimulation with Mandarin tones to learn the mandarin language the control was really someone wearing the headphones but not getting stimulation and having to learn in the same way presented the same information in the same style as someone who did get the vagus nerve stimulation they had a really nice increase in the uptake of the language all in recognition and so what that tells you is it's it's really about being Focused and being present, it's not really learning or remembering it's seeing it and recognizing it and saying "Ah, oh, yes, I know what that is. you know, kind of just rounding back to our focus comment earlier in the conversation
1: That is so fascinating. do you think it also ties in at all to theories about how it tied into our our social development, and that was why like it affected things like our ears so that we could, I don't know if any of this is true, but it was saying like it affected our ears so we could filter out ambient noise to hear human voices. It affected like our eyes, like all these different things on our face that had to do with communication with other humans. Do you think that's also an aspect at
0: play there? I don't know if, if the two correlate, I've read similar to what you have in that, you know, there's the theory in the what do they call it? The social nervous system. I think it's kind of plays back to that, that it's this theory that the heart actually connects to the facial nerves, the eyes, and helps you with expression and, and your other senses. In this case, you know, as far as learning and language, I really, I don't know what to say about, about the correlation there. I guess it can also be on the, in the frontier of things we might learn in the future. I think there's, there's so much, there's just so much out there. And what's so fascinating is everyone is, like you said earlier, everyone is so different, but even in science, the focuses are across the map, everything from cognition and memory to mental well being to general wellness, to actual medical diagnoses that, you know, this nerve, it's not lost on anyone that this is, it's a super highway and some, any way we can harness it to help in a natural way. You know, I don't think there's a silver bullet to anything, quite honestly, but if we can move away from pharmacologic interventions for the vast majority of things that are stress related, that would really be progress. 100%
1: 100 percent actually reminds me of a really random question I wanted to ask you and if you have no th- no thoughts on this feel free to say that but I had read that it that the vagus nerve connects to all organs with the exception of the thyroid and the adrenals I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that or the implications of that like can we
0: so I mean we can't fix our thyroid with our vagus nerve right that's true it's the vagus nerve literally hits every major organ in the body. So aside from, you know, a few little things here and there, I think that the future of using specifically electricity and possibly ultrasound and vibrations, anything like that, and the vagus nerve, I think all of those things are going to be something that that we can utilize for just a myriad of issues with the organs in the body. And I think, you know, I think probably the gut is the one that's the most interesting. And I think it's it's caused so many people um, such health issues. The gut, you know, the gut brain health is so important. And we're really just at the beginning of learning how to deal with some of those things and and what access we have to make things better.
1: I'm so glad you said that. And the the reason I was so intrigued by having read that was because we associate the adrenals with our stress response. And I was just wondering, like, what are the implications of that, that the vagus nerve doesn't connect to those? I feel like there's a lot of groundwork there for exploration. Right. I think you're right. I'm glad you mentioned the digestion because so many people, myself included, struggle with digestive issues. And it just, it's such a foundational part of our whole being. So when using Zen, if a person wants to try to use then to help with their digestive issues. Do you have a suggestion for, would it vary by person or would it be more appropriate to do it, you know, a session and then eat? Would you want to do it while you're eating? Are there any suggestions there? And do you have any, I don't know how the app is going to evolve, but would you consider putting in some sort of like eating program (laughs) for digestive issues?
0: Yeah, I think those are all really good questions. So, uh, you know, right now, Because we haven't done even anecdotal testing with digestion and vagus nerve stimulation ourselves, we've focused so much on the stress and sleep side of things so far. I'm not really in a position to give a recommendation. I think that people can always, it doesn't hurt to just try it before, try it during, try it after, but whatever you do, I think no matter what you do, you have to try things for a while. So you kind of have to commit to something and see how it goes. Like, okay, if I do this before I eat, does that really help? Which is what I would imagine if I was going to, to pair it in some way. I do think that sequencing of vagus nerve stimulation and whatever it is you're trying to change is important. And we're, we're learning that through these Language learning studies. We're seeing this in even in there are some respiratory gated vagus nerve stimulation studies, meaning they pair with a certain cycle of respiration. So I think there is a sequencing effect that is, or a pattern that's going to be important. It's just that we haven't figured that out yet. And as far as the app goes, oh my goodness. I, you know, I, I'll tell you, we really, just being transparent, had no appreciation for how difficult it is to create an interactive app. So for those of you out there who are biohackers and appreciate a good stab at good science, I feel like we've really we've really done a good job with the delivery mechanism. The app, we definitely have some work to do. And we're excited about the things that we can do in the future as far as, you know, maybe putting recommendations or uh, sequencing options, those different kinds of things.
1: I developed an app and it's called Food Sense Guide and it it's like a searchable catalog for different like compounds and foods. But that really made me appreciate app development because, I mean, that app is mostly just, you know, like I said, searchable catalog and making your own list. And, and I'm going to be adding in more nuanced Updates, but having an app like yours, though, where, like you just said, taking in this whole user data experience. And I mean, it's just, it's just insane. But it's really exciting because you could, like you said, you can always be developing and learning. And
0: that's exciting. How long has the app been out? We launched the app in November of 2019. And yeah, the, you know, and I'll tell you, the most important thing to us is listening to the people that use the product and the people who are interested. So even if you don't use the product and you're just interested, we, that's really the foundation of our company is the people that we serve. So what do you need? What are you interested in? And some things are more difficult to, to fix or to align than others, but those types of things are super important to us to hear about people's experiences and to hear what's important to them.
1: This is really exciting. This really feels like something. I don't know. I really foresee this with my audience responding really well. And now I really want us all to get them and all like create a group and we can we can <laughs> talk about our experiences and especially because I'm so in I, I love the sleep aspect and all of that, but i also love the the food and digestion. So now I'm really excited to try some experiments on myself and listeners as well can try. So it sounds like with that, if I if I wanted to try to start using it, like you said, for like digestion or food that I should probably, you know, decide before, during, or after probably start with before and like commit to that for, would you say like, cause you said, make sure you do it, you know, long enough to see if you're seeing benefits. So would you suggest maybe doing that for like two weeks and then keep doing it if it's working or switching to like during eating or like what would be as like a little experimenter?
0: Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think minimum a week, it all just depends on how responsive your your digestive system is in you know historically but 2 weeks is certainly plenty of time and i would stick with the same waveform you know pick a waveform pick a sensation don't vary okay that's my problem because i'll be like what maybe i should do a better waveform so just pick one yeah just pick one none of them are going to be wrong but if you really want sort of commit to the the little self-experiment, then just pick one and go with it. And do you have like a wearable tracker or a digital house, like an Aura Ring or a Fitbit,
1: Apple Watch, anything like that? So this is funny. Probably everybody thinks I do. I actually don't because I have a tendency to get a little bit neurotic. And I feel like if I bring that into my life, I'll start overstressing about things, even though Ultimately it is on my to-do list to get like an aura ring and probably bring them on the show and learn about it. I probably it's probably a situation where I probably want to interview them first and learn about
0: it. No, I totally empathize with that because I've had different versions that I completely obsessed over because they had so many features. So if it allows me to track food and fitness and sleep and I'm gonna do it all. My whole team actually, we just got aura rings. And what we're doing is just our own internal, we know, we know the science, we follow the science, we do all kinds of things, but I have a very diverse team. And, you know, I have someone with a young baby who, who sleeps right next to her right now. I have someone who has significant sleep issues and I have someone who wakes up without an alarm clock at 5am, regardless of what time she went to sleep. And then I just fall somewhere in the middle, but we all got our aura rings. We stopped doing vagus nerve stimulation for a week so that we could make sure that, you know, we had some clean data. And now we're starting, you know, we're just doing waveform A with ocean waves sensation, no music or anything like that before, before bed. I'll have to, email you before your program airs to let you know the results. But right now we're a couple days in and we're we love it. It's 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 really great. I actually we've all seen an increase in REM sleep and less awake time.
1: That's really exciting. Okay. Maybe I will get an aura ring. Okay.
0: <laughs> I really like the aura ring and I I had done a bit of research on it. So if you have them on your on your show. I will definitely be eager to hear that.
1: Okay. I'm inspired now. So the electrical current and everything like that, is it at all dangerous? Is there any concern about that? I did get a question about that, about the potential dangers of an electrical current. I don't know if EMF is an issue, anything like that. There's a couple of
0: questions buried in there. So electrical current in and of itself is, this is not dangerous. We we abide by the safety guidelines for that are stringent for a medical device, even though we're not a medical device. We we built the product according to those guidelines. Also in all of our UL testing, so we don't have our, our UL label yet, and we're just around the corner from it, but we've passed everything as far as EMF and all of those parameters. So those things, as far as being dangerous, definitely not dangerous. This is a safe product. Now, the second part of that is there are people who shouldn't use it. So if you have an implanted pacemaker, any sort of implanted electrical device, so some people have an implanted electrical spine stem, brain stimulators, we don't want anybody's electrical signals to get crossed for something that's vital to their medical health. So we say, you know, don't do that if you're pregnant or if you are a child, then we don't recommend because we haven't tested on those age groups or on pregnant women. And we certainly, it's not something that we're going to dive into. And then also follow up to that,
1: do people ever experience negative side effects from using it? I don't know if there's like a detox
0: potential or, or something like that. No, nothing along those lines. The, the major thing we hear is a little bit of skin irritation in the ear. And even though all of our materials, uh, you know, all of those things have been tested and are really, I don't know what the right word is, but all of our materials are safe. It's that the skin on the inside of the ear, people aren't used to maybe having this, it's their silicone So maybe they're just not used to having that. So they may get a little bit of skin irritation. And then some people, if they turn the intensity up too high and it starts engaging maybe a little bit of the muscle in front of the ear, they may get a headache. But both of those things will stop if you take the earbud out.
1: Okay. I know this isn't something that would be caused by Zen, but this is a little bit of a rabbit hole question. I'm fascinated by the, the vagus nerve's role in fainting. Do you know anything about that?
0: Well, it's funny, the only thing I ever knew about the vagus nerve as a nurse was the vasovagal response and that people would pass out. And that's I think that's where a lot of the fear factor comes in when you talk about stimulating the vagus nerve. And quite honestly, I don't I don't know how to best explain this, but it's completely Different. So vasovagal syncope is something that's caused by, it's a rapid drop in blood pressure and it's usually from you overreacting to something. So you're, it's kind of caused by your sympathetic system going into extreme overdrive and then everything flips and you have this neurocardiogenic reaction that drops your blood pressure. So we don't, we haven't had any experience with anyone. And remember, we had our first generation product was sold back in 2016. And we've had, gosh, we probably have about 7,000 or so of those units out there that have been used for the last three or four years and have never had anyone talk about any sort of fainting or anything like that. Now, vagus nerve stimulation in and of itself will help you bring your blood pressure down, but not a drop, not a precipitous drop, like a fainting. So this is more like, hey, you have high blood pressure, you need to chill out and you know it'll bring it back to normal. Okay. I'm really glad I asked that now because that makes
1: sense. Like you said, that maybe that's where some of the fear and confusion has come in because it's You know, it seems like it's like we started at the beginning of this interview. It's such a over-encompassing, broad thing with so many aspects and so many factors. And I feel like it all gets shuttled into this one word, vagus nerve. So no wonder people are confused. (laughs) Well, thank you. This has been absolutely, I'm just so happy right now. Like, I, I think I'm most excited, well, A, to start using it, B, to start telling the audience each episode, that they should get it and they can make listening to the episode a vagus nerve session. So what what are you most excited about with the future of all of this?
0: Well, I'm super excited about the, you know, just in the short term, the clinical trials we have coming up, just in a nutshell, we are, we're seeking to help frontline healthcare workers who have been treating COVID patients. So the stress and anxiety that has come with that, we know that there's sort of a second wave pandemic out there for mental health. So that's one of the things that I'm super excited about being able to help folks in that regard. And then in the future, we have, we have some really, really cool stuff that we're looking at in trying to be able to integrate more options in the app and make it a more robust experience. So right now I'd say we're in the early stages. We're learning a lot about what people, how, how people are used to operating their apps and what they really want in this sort of experience. So maybe some partnerships in the future. So excited about all of those things.
1: That's so incredible. And I'm so glad you brought up the COVID situation, the pandemic, because that was actually something I'd meant to touch on at the very, very beginning when you were telling your story was how wonderful in a way it was that you have this background in you know, the trauma unit and the hospital system, and then, you know, moving towards where you are now with this product and your work on the vagus nerve. It just seems like it was just meant to be like what this can bring to our world, especially right now with everything that we're experiencing. So that's really profound. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So that brings me to my very last question that I ask every single guest on this podcast. And that's just because I am realizing more and more every single day, especially after this conversation, just how important our mindset and perspective of everything is in our daily life. So what is something that you're grateful for?
0: Oh, I am so grateful for my family. And I can't say that enough. I think Family is not just the people who are genetically related to you. They're the people who are now we call it in your bubble, but I'm just grateful for the people in my life that have been patient and kind and giving and vulnerable. And I think it's a gift to have each other, especially at a time like this. I know that over the last six months, I could have been alone But I have a beautiful family that I've been sharing a house with. And, you know, we we endure every day in a different way. That's so beautiful. Where do you live, by the way? South Florida.
1: Oh, hey. Florida's been, I feel, hit pretty hard. Or I don't know. I feel like Florida's a lot of talk about Florida. Yes, so
0: much. So much talk.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amy. I as well. I'm so grateful for what you're doing. I'm just so grateful for this conversation you have just a wonderful spirit and an an intelligence and what you're doing, I just think is so so profound and also grateful you're extending a discount code to our listeners so that's super exciting so for listeners if you'd like to get your own zen device everybody get it now amy was so kind to get a very special offer just for my audience you can actually get 20 percent off their zen bundle for that just go to melanieavalon.com zen that's x-e-n and use the coupon code melanie20 to get 20 percent off I will put all this information in the show notes. Again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash Vegas Nerve. And any other links, Amy, any other resources you'd like to put out
0: there for how people can best follow your work? Our website is the primary. You can always follow us on social. I think we have a really cool um, social feed that should be appealing to your audience too. And all of those are Nuvana Life at Nuvana Life awesome so again i will put all of that information
1: in the show notes thank you amy this has been so incredible i can't wait to air this episode maybe we can bring you back in the future and talk about it seems like there's going to be so much more to come in this whole world so maybe down the line we can come back and
0: have a part two episode that sounds great i'd love it thank you so much melanie this was really fun thank you amy thank you so much for listening to the melanie avalon biohacking
1: podcast